0: This show is brought to you by Aggressive Marketing Solutions. Do you remember the first thing you did when you started your business? You got a website, you made a Facebook page, and you were so excited because you're gonna make millions with your new idea. But then nothing ever happened. Hosting didn't get you customers. Your website wasn't doing anything for you. The only people on the internet that had success have huge followings. And your main source of new clients became the old-fashioned word of mouth. My name is Christian Hill, CEO of Aggressive Marketing Solutions, and I'm going to show you the three secrets to generate consistent leads using the internet without having a single follower. And I'm gonna do that for for free all you have to do is visit aggressive.com today aggressive.com today
1: all right everybody welcome back here to the vp and king show i am heath van patten and i'm the vp of the vp and king
2: i'm valerie king i am the king portion of
1: the the king of the vp and king (laughs) so we are super excited to have episode number seven happening today with the one and only liberty barrett thompson with gem friends liberty thank you for joining us today Thank you. Our pleasure. We are super excited. We made a list like two, three months ago about of the people. And you must've been in the top five, I think. So we're, we're really honored to have you guys, t- to have you be here with us. So uh, let's jump things off. You ready for your question?
2: Oh, I am a peppering question box. So Liberty, the, the you and I met, the you and I met.
1: You're doing great. <laughs> All
2: right. Sorry. Time
1: out. Time out and Time go. <laughs> out.
2: Okay. Um when we met, we were you you have a nonprofit. Let's let's start right there. A nonprofit called Gem Friends and I had never heard of anything like what you were doing to help youth. Like I'd never heard anything like it before. So let's start right there. Let's start with a little bit about your nonprofit and let's dive into your passion behind it like how you even came to be in the space that you are doing what you do because your story is incredible could you please start with that that'd be great
3: thank you i love to um just to share the story because i think it is very cool the opportunity that i have i, I just look at it as a privilege um to work with youth that are coming from foster care so oh about Gem Friends. uh, We're based in Boise, Idaho, and we focus on um, just supporting, we call ourselves like an anchor of hope and support to homeless youth and youth that are coming out of the foster care system. And the big parts to our program or to our organization start with a housing piece. Um, We're one of the only local organizations that focuses on providing safe and secure housing for both male and female youth, 18 to 22 years old, that have been, um, that are at risk, that have been affected by homelessness or by being a a part of our foster care system. We also bring life skills to the youth. So we teach weekly life skills classes um, that can range. We really focus on the areas that our youth need the most support. So they really do range um, depending on who, who we're serving at that time, Um, and then community. We are really big about integrating our youth into the community, helping them learn about their local community and how they can become a a part of it, but also we want to be that bridge that brings our community to the youth and introduces them um, to who youth are that are at risk, that are aged out of foster care, and how they can support them. So, in a nutshell, that's that's what we do. We have three homes here in the Treasure Valley, and we have nine youth in our homes generally at a time um, that we're serving. And then, of course, once they're part of us, we never lose them. So we continue to serve them even when they're alumni of our program, just bringing support as we're able to. Um, so, kind of the that's backstory. Okay. Yes, please bring right. it, bring it's it back Hit it. <laughs> um, it, it really is one of those situations. Um, of, I just feel like I was led early on in my life. Um, I have strong faith. And I believe that um, God just really put me on this earth for the orphans for those that are forgotten. And I felt very strong, like, just passion for that. Um, when I was really young, I was having a conversation with my mom about nine years old about orphans and trying to like understand and wrap my mind around what, you know, everything from like abortion to orphans to orphanages and um, like other countries and trying to understand what. Um, like why there were orphans. I remember that was a question that I was really wrestling with. like, why are there kids that people don't want? That's what I felt like, um, was just the scenario. And so I was asking my mom about it and she, um, just through our conversation, I told her, I'm like, I'm going to start a children's home. I'm going to start a place for all the orphans that nobody wants. And, um, so she was like, do you want to know about one that is happening, like a children's home that happens here in the Treasure Valley? And I was like, there's something? Like, yes, of course I want to know. Um, and so she introduced me to Hope House, which is a children's home. It was in Nampa at the time. It's currently located in Marcy. And they've been going over 35 years, I believe. Um, and they, my parents signed me up to receive just the newsletter. And so I would get it quarterly. I other than my sports magazines, this was probably the most exciting hmm. thing that I received that I got to read. Um, and I did it for many years um, until I was, when I was 14 was kind of, I would say a pivotal point that like Gem Friends might have been founded, I just didn't even know it yet. Um, but I read an article of a like a short description from one of the youth that was at um, Hope House. and. Her name was Amanda and she just talked about in her story about being in several different foster homes, being adopted, and then eventually ending up going to the children's home where she had been for a while. Um, and then that summer that the article was written, which was 2014, or sorry, 2004, that the article was written, um, she just talked about going to another potential adoptive family but it didn't work out. So she was coming back to Hope House. And at the very end she of her little story, she said, This is where I'm gonna be until I turn 18. And that was what started kind of like the wheels turning in my head of like, what happens when they turn 18? Um of course my first thought was like more wanting to get involved and befriend Amanda. I wasn't thinking about starting a nonprofit at that point. Um and so I just looked for an opportunity to get involved with Hope House. And I did join their life basketball team because I was homeschooled. I had the opportunity to go out and join and participate with them, which was a big deal to me because um, I wanted to know their stories. I wanted to know them as people, not just, um, I guess, the story you read about, but knowing more like, who are these youth that grow up in a children's home or grow up in an orphanage. And I had incredible four years of being a part of their lives from playing basketball through just like writing letters back and forth every week. When I go out to practice, we'd exchange letters with Amanda with a bunch of the other girls um, there. I had opportunity to do, do like summer projects with them a few like some really hard work days. And then I also had an opportunity to bring a couple of them to my house and like for them to spend weekends and um, get to know get to know them a little bit better and kind of what, what they faced. Um, uh, I got to go on a senior trip the year Amanda and I both graduated. We actually went to like the LA area and that was a very cool experience. Um, but uh, so I graduated in 2008 and this was when Jeffrons was founded um, and it was really out of a couple of weeks worth of um just time right before i was graduating may 2008 um i started thinking about more like what was next for amanda what was um or the other friends that were leaving the children's home and just kind of through that experience of watching them leave and what they were gonna do next in their life, all the questions they were wrestling with. And I started thinking like, oh, there's gotta be something, there's gotta be an organization that supports, specifically supports the youth coming from foster care. And so I looked, I was searching the internet, looking around and I couldn't find anything. Um, And so I was like, well, I guess we gotta do something about this. that's when I decided to start Gem Friends. Um, I remember like
2: That's just awesome. changing
3: my, grad, my graduation speech and I just ended it by saying, I'm going to start a nonprofit and we're going to help 18 year olds coming out of foster care. <laughs> that was about the mission at the beginning. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. I just knew that somebody had to step up and make a difference.
2: And so what was the first step that you took? I mean, you graduated high school, you have this big dream, you have one friend that you know needs something like this. What's the first step that you took at that point?
3: Um, becoming a nonprofit. Uh thankfully I had a uh, support of family members who um, had actually founded a nonprofit previously. So they helped me file and incorporate. Um got a board together and We just started with trying to meet basic needs for youth that were coming out of foster care or were homeless. Um, So if they were going to college, we worked on be like college uh, or computers together for them to have at college, really practical things. That's kind of what we spent the first year is just trying to like collect practical items if they had a a specific need, um, could we raise the funds and, and meet that need.
2: And so you start with just the practical side of it and just the little, you know, these these things that, you know, would help them to get where they want to go just one more step to where they want to go just one more step to all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, I mean, this is 2008 mm-hmm. and now right. we're in 2020, where you have right. three homes that are busting at the seams with these kids. What, what kind of how long did it take you first of all to get one home or recognize that you could provide housing for these kids? When did that start brewing? And then how did you make that leap from just little practical things to an actual home and a functioning area where they could actually live their lives? How'd that work out?
3: Right? Um, it was, it was kind of something that we we saw the need early. But it really got pressed upon us in 2011. um, Because one another youth that I had known from the children's home aged out Um, and she was homeless. And so I, um, just, I was trying to help her meet the practical needs. And I was like, this, this really just doesn't work if she doesn't have a place to live. Um, and you know, every, every, you kind of go two steps forward, you think, and then they don't have a place to live. So you don't hear from them for a couple months and now they're lost again. We have to start back over. They've lost all their Mm -hmm. ID paperwork that you just went and got. Um, and so they can't get a job, you know, they don't have a cell phone, so there's not consistent contact. I was like, it doesn't really work if we don't have housing. So we knew that need early um, and I, thankfully um, kind of a just a situation happened and myself and another friend were able to team up and rent a home. So we just rented a home and got permission to bring like others in because um, it was like a five bedroom. So I got three of them and I three of the bedrooms to just use for youth that like I knew of that needed a place to stay. Um, and so that's kind of how the housing started. It wasn't like really planned out. It was like, all right, let's get a house um, because we've got these youth and we put them in there. And then from there, it's just all that we do for the youth, the housing, the life skills, the mentorship kind of just started building on top of that being like, okay, we've got housing now, what's the next step? And it's like, oh, they need life skills. So then we started developing a life skills program and incorporating those classes. And um, then um, understanding that they needed more community than just like myself, helping them with everything. Because the first like year and a half, it was like doing everything for them. I would teach life skills, i do the mentoring, i drive them to work. Um, do like nighttime talks. And so we just thought about like, how can we expand this community? How can we make the youth feel more supported? And that's when we started bringing in mentors and resident advisors and just kind of grew from there to like you said, Valerie, where we're at with three homes now,
1: it's amazing to me. That's good stuff. So what, what is your next step? What, what's the next one year five years look like? And figure that out? Yet, or are you just going day by day, week by week?
3: Um, well, this particular time of year with everything that is going on around us, we're definitely going day by day. Um, but I feel very, like, as passionate as ever, uh, to just continue the, the work that we're doing. Um, we a big part of what we start with, and will always be a part of our vision is awareness. We want to help others know about youth coming out of foster care, knowing about like even our homeless high school youth population and what can they do to make a difference personally. Because if they're not engaging personally, we can't solve this problem as one organization. Like it has to be the community. Um, so that's always a part of our fiscal, you know, one year, five year from now is, are we growing the community of people that know about it? and. Are, are getting passionate enough about getting involved, and that's been something very cool to see over the last few years. And you guys attended our last banquet, so you know that like there's a lot of people in this community who who got mm-hmm. it and get and and want to be a part of it, and that makes me really excited. Um, we want to continue to expand our housing, and like Valerie said, like we constantly have a wait list. We constantly have more youth that we we can serve. Um, And so that takes a balance of housing, kind of like one of our biggest, hardest things that we still struggle with is like trying to find how good housing we can rent Um, with a balance of having enough volunteers, having enough mentors so that we don't have a youth in our home, but we don't have the people around them to help them feel supported. So trying to balance those two aspects and continue to grow them at a pace that Um, when we do open more housing and bring in more youth that we're prepared for it as well. Um, But in the next five years, we hope to not only be in Boise, but being in other parts of the Treasure Valley, maybe continue to bring stability for some of the youth that live in Nampa, Caldwell, grow up outside of Boise and don't even wanna come to Boise because it's not familiar to them. So we'd love to be able to branch out and have some homes over there.
2: That's amazing. Um, question around, around those mentors and, and the community that you want to have support. Let's say that there were somebody who's watching this today and they are wondering, you know, what, what does that entail? What does that look like? Who, how do I support them? What kinds of things do they need support with? Because a lot of people may not have thought abstractly into the mind Mm -hmm. of a situation that they have never experienced themselves And, and a child who has been shuffled from home to home to home and then all of a sudden they're on their own and may or may not have life skills may or may not know how to take care of themselves, let alone helping to take care of other people. So if you had a volunteer today, that was wondering what could that look like for me? What are some ways that I could volunteer and help? What would you say to that?
3: Right, that's a great question and something that I like to speak to because we, we look at it a little bit differently than a lot of organizations. Um, we like people to invest and volunteer on the the areas they're comfortable with and the stuff they're really passionate about. Um, so if somebody has something they're passionate about teaching, we'd love to talk to them about like a life skills class. Um, and we get that all the time where, when someone sends in a volunteer application, they're like, I've taught a class on this before. And we we'll be like, like that give specific actually,
2: examples,
3: um, give specifics. So like, a, like what do they, when so, he,
2: life skills, what does that mean?
3: Um, so I'm going to throw kind of like an abstract one out there, but, uh, like candle making, someone was like, I have taught candle making before. And so we brought that up to the youth and 90% of them wanted to do it. So we made it a life skills class. Um, so that's one where it's like you never you think like that probably isn't something that's an interest to someone, but you never know. And then there, we get a lot on like finances. So we we um we're always thankful for them, but like I would say like there's less opportunity because a lot of people feel like they know um they, they can teach on finances, but we're all we always do a finance course every year. So if someone has a life skills experience. Um, with that, or motivational speakers. That's a great one. Um, we had someone recently come in and do a class on just like helping the youth share their story better and just share any story better. So, um, So life skills, like if you're passionate about teaching or being with the youth, Um, That's a great one. If you want to learn more, we encourage people to just provide a meal for the life skills class. Come and they, not right, uh, like with COVID and everything, they're not able to stay for the class, but um, usually they're able to just stay and enjoy the class with the youth and learn about them by experiencing the class with them. Um, If you are somebody maybe older, grandparents, uh, we have found that like couples, older couples that invest in our youth as grandparents are definitely some of the most adored by our youth. And um, there's a great bond between them. So if you're older and you feel like maybe all I have right now is time. Like I don't have a lot of money. I don't have, you know, I don't like to cook anymore. Um, that's okay. The time that you you do have. We have one couple who we call them like grandparents and They do birthday parties. They come to all the birthday parties. They are always getting a gift. They came to the Christmas party and looking for little ways to to use their time to make community with the youth and make a special um, experience. Tutoring, that's another great way to volunteer. Um, Right now we had, like specifically right now, we have five youth that are studying for their driver's permit. And so we had somebody coming in and doing a tutoring class. Um, but just once a week, working with all of them, um, do going through practice tests, going through practice questions. So we, I guess, when it comes to volunteering, like being trying to, we do our best to like combine what do you feel passionate about, and where are your do you feel like your skills are and your time is, and what do we need, and we try to find a good balance between those two.
1: Libby, is there one specific mm-hmm. life skill that you would really, really love to have that you don't currently have? Is, uh,
3: is there okay. one? Okay, be, gre- be That's
1: greedy. Be greedy here. Uh, big ask.
3: Um. So I'm gonna put the first one that comes to mind. We do. We have. I would like to have somebody else because we have currently one person, but um, we need someone else. Is teaching job interview skills. Um. That would be. I think one that we would um, we would love to have more people who are willing to come in and do one on one job interview skill teaching on it with the youth. Um, and this is not necessarily a life skill, so I'm going to go on a bigger ask. Keith. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but we Bring would it. love to have a partner, a, a partnership, business partnership of some that they're willing to hire our youth on, even for a short time, to teach hands on okay. job skills. Um, okay. because when, when they come to us, you know, they, if they've never had a job, if they've never even like done an interview, um, it's, it's starting from ground zero and, which is fine. And we usually, you know, find, help find them jobs in the fast food industry, but it's a balance because that's a high stress environment, which isn't always the most successful for our youth. And so if we could have more partnership with, businesses that maybe provide a less stress environment and more hands-on teaching instead of kind of them being thrown in the fire and then sometimes they lose that first job because their experience isn't great they don't have the skills to keep up or they just get overwhelmed um and so then it's kind of discouraging from the beginning so that would be my big ask is like people that are willing to bring our youth in even for a short time and look at it as an opportunity to huge job skills training.
1: That's awesome. Uh, Well, in closing here, uh, I I know the story. So I want you to I won't say all the details, but gem friends, where did the name come from? Explain the name? Uh, We have about a minute or two left. So if you don't mind maybe sharing a little bit about that, that'd be awesome.
3: All right, yeah. Um, so the name Gem Friends actually was named after my personal support group, my siblings. I have six brothers and sisters—four well, brothers, two sisters. All my brothers are a J name, so Josiah, Jacob, Joel, and Justin. And my two sisters are Elise and Mercy. And when you're 18 years old, telling the world that you're going to start a nonprofit, there's definitely a little skeptical eye out there. It's like, <laughs> all right. We'll see if this is going to happen, um, but not my siblings. They knew from the beginning. They saw the passion and they were like, God gave you this dream. You got to go for it. And I really believe they were the ones that pushed me. Like they just shut that doubt out of my mind. It was like, OK, I can do this. They said, I can do this. And we love it because it represents who we are as the Gem Friends community. We want to be That's that awesome. same support group that puts the doubt out of our youth's mind that they mm-hmm. can't do something. And that they just kind of um, be that support that says you're an overcomer, you can, you can do something that seems impossible.
2: What is the best way that people can contact you if they want to volunteer or make a donation?
3: Yeah, through our website, Gemfriends, friends, Uh We have a getting involved tab, and both volunteer and donations is right under that tab. So look for the getting involved section.
2: I love it. It's Looks been good. one of my pleasures to be able to help volunteer with you guys. It's been a joy to hang. Your youth are incredible.
1: They are, absolutely.
2: Yeah. I'm so grateful that you are the person. And that's what I want to emphasize. Like when I listen to you, all I can think is it really just usually takes one person to make a
3: difference. And look at what you've done. Oh my goodness. I'm so grateful. Well, I'm very grateful for you guys and the community and all of our volunteers because um you're right it usually like it takes that spark and sometimes that's one person usually it's one person but it takes a community for our youth to um, really feel that support so it's it's more than just what i do it's what the community does
1: i love that love it absolutely well liberty thanks again for uh, coming on with us today and uh if there's anything we can do uh speaking for valerie i think uh, if anything we can do please let us know Uh, I'm speaking for you, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, guys, thank you for joining us on the VP and King Show. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. This show is brought
0: to you by Aggressive Marketing Solutions. Do you remember the first thing you did when you started your business? You got a website, you made a Facebook page, and you were so excited because you're going to make millions with your new idea. But then nothing ever happened. Hosting didn't get you customers. Your website wasn't doing anything for you. The only people on the internet that had success have huge followings. And your main source of new clients became the old-fashioned word of mouth. My name is Christian Hill, CEO of Aggressive Marketing Solutions, and I'm going to show you the three secrets to generate consistent leads using the internet without having a single follower. And I'm going to do that for free. For free. All you have to do is visit aggressive.com today. Aggressive.com today.